This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. Be warned, foxy ladies, there are some swear words in this episode. <laughs> Great. That's amazing. Um, I'm Jessica Aidy. <laughs> and I'm Maddie Nixon and I'm concerned about my reputation after that introduction. <laughs> Is that a um, state of origin mug, Maddie? They were $2, so I bought two and I came home and I was like, Liz, I got us a gift. She got really excited and then I pull out these mugs and she was even more excited because that's who we are as housemates. Just to be clear, because <laughs> we'll probably keep this in, that it is a Queensland state of origin it is, mug. It is It is the 2020 maroon. maroon edition. It was when they brought them out in the lead up to origin and then they moved origin and everything was really, really cheap. So I bought, yeah, so I bought multiple oh. mugs and, and a hoodie. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. to get the jumper. Amazing. That's great. Well, shall we rip into what we've actually come yeah. here to talk about, which no. is not the state of origin? No. That'll be wrong we'll footy code time for this topic. This is true. We're going to talk about yes. Captain Kingdom. Yes. I'm very passionate Yay. about this subject. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, and I'm just... Look, I'm just going to open Wikipedia and just give you some just little facts about it um, before we go into our, you know, analysis. Kath and Kim ran from 2002 to 2007, originally on the ABC and then on the Seven Network. Um, and apparently it was on the ABC, it was like produced by the drama department, not not comedy. Which is very funny. Um, yeah, because they wanted it. Um but the characters of Kath, Kim, and Sharon um, had appeared on a sketch show in the 90s, which is, was their sketch show. It's called Big Girls Blouse, which is great. It was also on Seven. And, like, other sketch shows, like Fast Forward in the 90s, there just were a couple of sketch shows that maybe ran for a year. Yeah. We don't have those so much not. anymore, which is a shame. No, there's not so much support. What? Um, you mean funding has been comedy? cut? For the arts and the ABC, and that has repercussions um, for people like you and I who work in the arts. Anyway, keep going. So created by and starring Gina Riley and Jane Turner with Magda Zuzbanski, our favourite. Don't want to speak oh, for yeah, you, no. but. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Icon. Icon of the screen, stage, and the rainbow flag. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, also, Peter Rose Thorne oh, and also Glenn iconic. Robbins. Yeah. Stunning male roles. My, my prep, Maddie, is that I watched quite intently the first episode and then the second and then started watching the third. But then I looked at like the notes that I'd made, and there's it's just a really long little note where I've essentially just written out the script, not really, because yeah. there's so many quotes. Even just in the first episode that are like the iconic. I had a writing deadline. So naturally I watched the entire first season. 
Uh, and I'd already watched the first season recently, so I rewatched the first season <laughs> in preparation for this. Sans, sans the last episode, mm. the wedding. Um, yeah. Okay. But- <laughs> yeah. Well, I've watched it all. I watched. I watched it all. <clears throat> Not the movies. I watched the TV. All the TV yeah. shows. Well, like I think we all, we all did. We and all like did. I know. Yeah. As a nation. Yeah. We well, to watch I actually movie. found. The re- part of the reason why we're talking about this today is because this show has had a massive resurgence in the last 18 months. And The Guardian actually did this excellent analysis where they kind of tracked its popularity returning in the last 18 months. And it was one of those things, it was one of those shows that was uploaded onto Netflix during COVID where everyone was in lockdown. And so it was just the perfect timing. It was like mm. that, Tiger King, MasterChef Australia, like a few things kind of lined up with COVID and it was like boom. And so this whole new generation of people have engaged with it all over again, which is excellent because it mm. hasn't aged in the yeah, same way that some of the Chris Lilly and other, you know, early 2000s comedy things that were really popular in the time that we used mm. to watch. Um and rewatching it now in 2020 can confirm yeah. it's still excellent and we're going to dive into it. Let's go. Mm. Well, I think and because it's so specific to a time and also like it is, it's, it's very like domestic, yeah. like it's about the home and like your little family unit, like it's COVID would not be that different for No, that's Kim. the hilarious thing about it. I remember during COVID actually seeing someone writing the synopsis for an episode of Kath and Kim in COVID and it was really great. Mm. <laughs> it was like Kim thinks she, like, Kim says, doesn't think it's real. You know, she's signed up to the conspiracies. Magda enters um, and it's like, I have it. <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, she's like put herself in a bubble. They all have to, she goes and isolates like, um Kath makes her goes and isolate in the good room. And, and then, like, as the season progresses, like, Kath gets the sniffles and then she isolates herself in the good room and the episode ends with all of them in the good room in isolation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so good. Like, this, is, this needs to be made. <laughs> yeah. That works amazingly. Um, should we take it back to the beginning? Like, Maddie, do you remember... 2002 like do you remember I remember 2002 and I didn't watch Kath and Kim then I was in grade three and and we weren't allowed to watch it for a bit but the first time I watched it I have really really clear memories I remembered my grade seven teacher um really loved it and she would quote it all the time which I thought was really daggy because I didn't understand it. And then my sister, Mm. and she's probably listening to this episode, so shout out Becky. I know how excited you are for this episode in particular. But she pulled me into her bedroom and she had like a little old TV in her room and she was like, we're going to watch Kath and Kim. And I was like, but she was like, we're going to watch Kath and Kim. And we did. And I was like, this is comedic genius. 12-year-old me was like, fuck yeah, what an this am- is amazing. What an amazing yeah. sisterly Yeah, gift and to this day, she, so she has lived in the UK for 10 years. Um, but one of our kind of go-to points of contact is sending Kath and Kim memes or being like, I just rewatched this episode. Anyway, yeah, for her birthday, oh, so I beautiful. sent her flowers. And in the card, it said, um, I hope you're drinking some Cardinet and you avoid 
this year this year, and I hope this year you avoid any chance. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it was much more eloquent than what I just That's did, a beautiful but anyway. Mm. So that was my That's a beautiful sentiment. What about yourself? Yeah, well I mean 2002 I would have been 10 and I don't remember if like I wa- I definitely watched it on the TV but I don't know if I watched the first season on the TV or if it's mm. like we got the DVDs. I'd have to consult with mum. Um I didn't get hey, enough care about this episode. Should have. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> Let me know. Um, but I do remember that, like, I didn't, like, I knew it was funny, but I didn't mm. really get the accent because, yeah. like, I lived in central Queensland. I'd never heard yeah. anyone speak like that. Like, I didn't know that that, that they actually weren't yeah. doing it over the top. Like, they were just... It's quite a um, naturalistic interpretation. And then when, like, yeah. Ju- Julia Gillard yeah. was elected, I was it's just real. like, oh, yeah. man, people talk like this. Like, I had honestly had no idea. Like, I was aware of it. Yeah, it was the same for me. And I think one. because the Australian, the Queensland broad accent is more like a basic footy presenter, you know, everything is more like down here and Atlanta, you know. So the, the, na- the names are like, <laughs> Sorry, I, I love that, exactly that- the same. <laughs> I love that you have put on, yeah, you've put on an accent. And it's yeah, just yeah, like, no, I, we already I I just have said it. Words. Um, <laughs> shall I hold up my state of origin yeah. mug again? Um, <laughs> but the nasally accent was something I hadn't come across until, yeah, visiting relatives down mm. south or Julia Gillard. And, yeah, and I was like, oh, it's real. <laughs> Literally, Julia Gillard, it blew my mind. And I think. Because when was she elected? Like I think it, it was in uni by then. And, and I still hadn't. Oh, nine, ten-ish or eight, eight, nine, ten, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so maybe it was, if it was 2009, like I was still in grade 12. So that makes sense. Like I still wouldn't have met yeah. anyone really from And not I do Queensland, need to drop a truth bomb, Jessica, here on the pod, mm. something that might shake our friendship to yeah. its core. Since you have moved to Sydney. I'm ready. Your accent has changed. <laughs> I know because uh, Josh is Josh, my brother. Hey, Josh, you better be listening to this. Tell your friends. Um, has pointed out that it's gotten a yeah. bit weird, and you do live and with I'm like, that's, a bunch of very that I can people. Do. So I do believe that our queer culture has influenced you positively, but it's <laughs> mm. <laughs> a lot more, you know, and dull and these and. I, yeah, there's a lot of dull, um, but that I I don't know if that's that doesn't seem Sydney specific. I think that's like a certain oh, yeah. little Sydney. It's, a, it's the Sydney queers, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I felt very welcomed, <laughs> but yeah, no, and I know, like talking to you, my voice would be different. And like, imagine if we did have a chat with Julia Gillard. Like, what on earth would it? I would faint. <laughs> mm. uh, she's my favorite yeah. political dashhound, as you so describe her. Oh, the happiest yeah. dashhound. Yeah, she's so cute. Um, but no, when we went on the Batuta podcast talking mm. to Clancy, listening to that back, I was like, oh, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome oh, yeah, to Central yeah. Queensland. <laughs> yeah. Really popped out. Um. Anyway, so accents obviously on Kath and Kim are mm. beautiful. And they've and influenced so the vocabulary of Australia. Like you can say, really look at me and Should people we... know what you mean. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't feel like we need to explain what Kath and Kim is to anyone who's clicked on this podcast. No, but it could be fun. Um, <laughs> the best explanation is just just watch it. Do not watch the American version. No, that's a crime. It does it does not translate. Sorry, my brain stopped because I was just remembering it. It's really really no good. How would what, Maddie? You're the writer. How would I how would I describe Kath and Kim? Yes, describe it to someone who's never seen it. Um, it's situational satire based in a suburban home um, in Melbourne. Well, outside of, like, outer Melbourne. (laughs) That's important. Basically, picture a cul-de-sac and picture a family and how their shenanigans unfold. Um, Every episode revolves around some kind of challenge that each character needs to conquer, and all of them are quite, they range from being quite serious to quite trivial. So sometimes it's like the marriage is on the rocks and other times it's like I need to design the commemorative sausage for our wedding. <laughs> um, but it's a Moral it's course a, for TAFE. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a complete um, satirical exploration of suburban middle-class Australia. Cool. And I think one thing that's like, I guess, unique to it or feels like uniquely Australian is they're not punching up or punching down, like really punching across. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and I think that's why it's kind of really relatable to every, lots of people and yeah. not, people don't feel attacked by it. Although, even if you do see something of yourself in it, you're just like, oh, got me, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah exactly. Like, even a really good example of that is um, in season one, the episode <laughs> where <laughs> Kath thinks Kim is gay and oh. she goes on this exploration <laughs> of queer culture and she starts off being like, oh, I'm a bit shocked and I'm a bit uncomfortable and she talks to um, Kel about it and then Kel's like, well, you know, we've all been there. And she's like, what? Mm, I haven't. He's so, he's so- like with that yeah yeah and he's mm. like I was in the navy for six years <laughs> like what did you think <laughs> yeah and then that to. triggers her into a spiral and like watching her go down the streets of Melbourne in this like like wit- and the sound design mm. in the show is also nothing we need to talk about because it's intense and hilarious but she goes so down the spiral and then by the end of the episode she's like Kimmy like you know I'm really proud of you and you can tell me and I'm really excited for this next part of your life it was just really progressive mm. for 2002. Yeah. And then, and then Kimmy's like, what? I'm not gay. What are you talking about? And then Kath, her line, which I loved and I wrote down, was, um, oh, that's a shame. I was really looking forward to being on the supportive parents float at Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that whole episode arc starts as like kind of, it never felt like, as someone who's in the queer community, I never felt uncomfortable. I never felt like, oh, my God, mm. they're, like, punching down or they're being derogatory or they're being um, inappropriate or offensive. It was just, like, this yeah. really kind of, like, very shortened version of a very normal arc of parenthood in, when you've got a queer kid, but really fucking mm. funny. Oh, because when she's like, going. This, this is excellent. She goes on her little spiral where she's walking the streets and it's very, like, it's straight out of, like, a crime drama or a horror movie where Kath is, yeah. like, she's seeing was, like, Lebanese and Lebanese, freaking out. Liquor, um, yeah, home, and then another sign yeah. that's, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing it everywhere. Um, um, and the speed reading, like, she's speed reading all oh, the books. Yes. And when it, every so time it flicks to holding the man, I laugh. <laughs> 
fun fact, she was in Holding the Man as well. Oh, great. Yeah, after Kath and Kip, she was mm. in like the London version of Holding the Man, the play. Oh, she'd been great. Yeah, um, she's very funny when mm. you rewatch that scene. Yeah, it's like, is that why she got cast, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, knowing, knowing the writer, he, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> like, this is may perfect. Have, may have pulled some strings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Um, we spoke mm-hmm. about how it punches across rather than up or down. Yeah, and I mean, the set design, like the decor, mm. the house is so mm-hmm. specific and yet vague mm-hmm. enough that like for I you guess you know middle class working class people it's like yeah I've I've been in that home yeah it it looks like everything in that house is bought from a lifeline in Newmarket mm. that's like, very specific yeah um, and because I, I can't remember where the article was because I read it ages ago and then didn't find it to reread. Like there was a really good chat with like the costume designer and like all of Kath oh, and cool. Kel's things were, this is recent, like they were talking to her last year I think, um, like Kath's stuff is all like op shop stuff. So it's obviously yeah. she's found stuff over time. She's stuck with her looks from the 80s. They're amazing. But um, Kim's things were all from current shops. Like they went into like Supre or what else would have been? In the ooze. Um, Supre, Cotton On was just entering its time, as was Dottie. Valley Girl. She Valley Girl, definitely yeah. definitely had a Valley Girl, yeah. Maybe a sports girl. Um, and she talks about, yes. like, if it's not Dottie or Witchery, don't want to know about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so all her. I think that's the article that was in The Guardian um, by Grace O'Neill because I looked, I read it this morning Yeah, well. cool. Yeah. It's a really, really Great. And I just think you'd just be wheezing because you'd find an amazing outfit for Kath. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that, like, Kim's things are so old and they look like a Halloween costume, but it's just like, no, no, that's what people were wearing at the time. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And They're in some parts bumpsters. of Australia, they still are. Still now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just amazing. And, like, the good room that they don't really go in, there's all, like, the grass in vases and at the end of every episode where they go sit in the yard in their plastic chairs and there's this, like, emu statue. Yeah, next to um, the greenhouse. Yeah. It's like, what have they got in that greenhouse? Yeah. Nothing <laughs> I imagine that Kath would have done a short course in propagation. Oh, yeah, she's done all the she bought. Yeah, she bought a mm. greenhouse from Bunnings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, just the kitchen cabinets and, like, there's a lot of, like, processed food, like, branded Snacks, like there's like a like a fat free fruit or dippity bix, a lot of those. Yes. Jats. I did a I did a bit of a Frankfurt, a footy frank count mm. last <laughs> night. And I was like, I think they're in four out of six episodes that I've just watched. And then I was like, I want some footy franks. <laughs> like I want to eat s- that on the weekend at some point. <laughs> what did you call them? We call them Cheerios. We call them Cheerios. Yeah. Footy yeah. Franks is a Victorian. There we go. You watch them when you watch um, mm. the VFL, AFL, yeah. And we I mean, sorry, you, eat, you eat yeah. them. You don't <laughs> when you watch well, the footy. We used to have them a lot and it's like if you go with mum to the shops and like you go to the butcher, like you, you get they some for get the kids. Get a free like, one. Get a free, yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. An Australian tradition. Mm. Um, even just like the sound of the sliding door. 
Yeah. The screen, sliding screen door. I can draw it to mind now mm. and it's mm. very specific. It was also at that um, very special time where landlines were still heavily used but mobiles were being introduced. So it's really great to see writing where, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing with modern writing is that so many problems that you would face in these kind of situational satires would be solved by Googling something on your iPhone. Mm. So if you don't know how something works or you don't, if you're lost at the shops or if you're blah, 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 like you Google something on your iPhone. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, being, yeah, a show that's kind of set before smartphones just empowers the writers to have so many more problems. Um, so it's really nice to watch that as well. Yeah, and like occasionally they'll, I feel like there's a, someone leaves their phone at home and that's a problem or like someone's, or yeah. Kim's got a mum's phone. Or they do the whole like voicemail tag on the home phone, mm. you know, scenario. Um, yeah. Um, should we go through like there's some like iconic quotes that are just in the first episode alone. Like yeah. there's so many because I literally it's a, just an insanely long list because like she's like. I only wrote down a couple. So I wrote so many. It's like it's over, O-V-A-H, over. Kim says that. Mm-hmm. People say that. <laughs> And Kath's like, does it make me a crim to keep myself trim? Um, a lot of use, <laughs> a lot of use of the word dull, which is what I do as well. It's not quite dull. Yeah. It's not quite dull. Somewhere dull. in between. It's the yeah. Kath Kath yeah. Day Night. She's like M Y O B. I love it. I think it's it's gender neutral in my mind. Everyone is <laughs> yeah, dull. It is. It's not yeah. quite yeah yeah. Mm-mm. MYOB, please. Um, that's good. Mm-hmm. And she's eating a lot of tiny teddies, which I noted. And that whole, um, there's like, it's like a little, like it pans across all of Kath's like photos of herself. <laughs> um, and then she's just kind of narrating it. She's like, yes, I am high maintenance, but I think you got to be. And that's really yeah. great. Yeah. And then she does like the me time and she's putting lotion on her elbows. Yes. Which my mum did. <laughs> that's so uh, good. I mean, I do. I do that. Yeah. I like to moisturise. See, cultural um, impact. Oh, and I have a feeling in me waters. She says that in the yeah. first episode. Yeah. Um, and all her mad earrings, which is like the gum nut babies or the parrots, and that's when that's the first time they say, oh, yeah, that's nice, it's different, they're unusual. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the earrings. And like she calls her a little little bee. And Kimmy says, I'm not a housewife, I'm a horn bag. Mm-hmm. That's a that big one. Back. I like I mean, and I mean, Kel's always calling her a foxy lady. Oh, I like fruch, a lot of fat-free fruch. We used to eat a lot yeah. of fruch too. They're yum. Yeah, it's a bit of a, I don't know if they're still a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they are. That was a time warp for me. Mm, listeners. <laughs> yeah, someone. Again, if we could Google it ourselves, but. <laughs> we will not. No way. No. Oh, and she's like, I want to be effluent, Mum. You are effluent, Kim. Like, that's a great one. There's so many of those. In the wedding invites when she's like, denounce our relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a big one. that. Mm. So um, she says from from go to woe Mm. a few times. Um, And I think at one point she actually says from woe to go, like she says it the wrong way around. And I realised last year that I had been saying it the wrong way around. (laughs) Wow, I never noticed where to go. Yeah. Maybe people thought you were 
just doing Kath and Kim as well? I think because I live in three levels of irony in my sense of humour half the time, people thought I was doing it on purpose. Mm. Yeah. This is my confession. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the amazing Sharon quote mm. occurs so in quotes. here where she's talking about like all her like netball and her love of indoor cricket and like mm-hmm. shot put because she's kind of sat Kim down and been like, listen to me, Kim, oh, yes. like all one. men are yeah. bastards. As yeah. soon as you, the sooner you realise that and develop the, an interest in sport, the happier you'll be. And that is just. Yeah. So Feminism one oh one. Yeah. It's so iconic. Um, and she's just so I, serious. Yeah. I also like her line, um, they're not hives, Kim, they're welts. <laughs> That's so good. A solid argument. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, great hunk of spunk is a good one. Oh, and in the first episode, because Sharon's got an eye patch on, as often she does, <laughs> and like Kim has sent her to go spy on Brett. And at mm. one point, she's like, you know, Kim's telling her mum like what Sharon's seen. It's like she saw it with her very own eye, and it just made yeah. me laugh so much. <laughs> Just the one eye. And then, like, Kel proposes in the shopping centre and he's like, Kathleen Darlene Day. I love that that's her name. Yeah. And he wants the whole hi-fi department to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, Lockerty and Eddie, yes. Oh, and Sharon, like, so excited for the wedding, being like, oh, I just have to make sure my army reserve's not on that weekend. Um, Yes. Yeah, but then crack open the footy franks and the Tia Maria. Just so good. Yeah, I think oh, clutching at spanners is one that happens in the second one, which I was like, oh, that's great. You're really clutching at spanners, Kim. Mm. And they often say at this late stage, that's a good one. Yes. I do as well. Um, and in the second episode, she's going to like Tina's hair is Steadford. And I'm like, what the fuck is a hair is Steadford? And yeah, also, like, I love of, that. That's so good. Because those people, like, I went to the Steadford. A lot. And it, mm. a Stedford is a Welsh word mm. and it's like a competition. We did like singing a Stedford, like the band or like the dance of Stedford. They are still alive and well in country towns. Oh, yeah. Like they, the Stedford scene is often bigger in places like the Sunshine Coast compared to Brisbane. Like it's, mm. it is a semi-rural slash rural affair. Um, and, and there's plenty of people who have not. Yeah, plenty of people who've not heard the word Estedford. It's like when we discovered what fizzy is, which we'll come back to at a different episode. Yeah, boy, will we! But like Estedfords are very much in that kind of lane. Oh, at one point, Kim says she like because she's talking about like doesn't know if she wants to go back to Brett because like what if he, she needs to sew her rolled oats? Well, I like that. That's really good. Uh, I want to talk about how. This is a really good example of busting the myth that women can't be funny. Mm, An early example of that. Because so often, you know, especially kind of pre the last, you know, five years or ten years or whatever, you hear that, you know, women just aren't as funny and the, the parody within writing rooms and in comedy, you know, in Australia and abroad is really, really bad. Like it's a massively, mm. massively male-dominated industry. And a lot of the time it's just that like women write about things that women think are funny, you know. Like mm. I, I love the Chelsea Peretti 
um, in her stand-up, her Netflix special where she talks about like, she talks about this issue and she's like, I have made it a rule like in my entire career that I never talk about periods. Not because I don't think you should, but because I know that if I do, all of these men will like be like, oh, classic female like mm. comedian talking about periods. Of course you are. And then she actually goes on and does this bit where she was like, if men had periods, they would be <laughs> in every single <laughs> stand-up set ever. Like you would just be like, I'm bleeding out of my dick. Like, drip, drop, drip, drop, drip, drop. And I just, I just like mm. re-watching this, I was reminded of that because um, it's two women. Mm. doing their fucking best and the show was produced by them as well it's not just written and starring them like they Mm. produced it yeah um so they kind of yeah they control and create every Mm. episode um and it was one of the most successful comedies ever in australia and still is like the fact that it's had such a resurgence again i'll make the comparison to people like chris lilly where you know, that shit mm. has aged and it hasn't evolved and it hasn't kept up with the times, whereas this is just, like, good writing mm. that doesn't punch down, that doesn't offend, that isn't kind of based on shock value. It's just smart. And mm. I think it's very easy to look at a show like Kath and Kim and assume that it's kind of cheap writing. Mm. A lot of people think that comedy must be, like, the easiest thing to write when actually, like oh, man, if you put people who've never written comedy or never performed comedy before Mm. in a rehearsal room or on a film set, they just fall down because it's such a skill. And so it is actually just a really, really well-crafted show, even Mm. dramaturgically, like the way that they kind of call back to narrative arcs and stuff like that and have competing narratives that kind of all meet with each other in the middle is actually quite clever. So I just think it's a shining example of women being funny, which we shouldn't have to have to prove, but we do. Mm, absolutely. And, like, the writing, it's so, like, there are no throwaway lines. Like, no. it is all so crafted and so specific and, like, some things it's, like, are just, like, really small but you're just, like, so yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and-, and a lot of it must be in the edit as well because mm. a lot of the work they did like they would write the scripts, but they also improvised a lot because these were, you know, people who'd worked together and collaborated together. They yeah, all have they'd been doing performance backgrounds, skit um, shows, and like because obviously Sharon yeah. is Magda's character. Yeah, like, and it's just yeah. amazing. And so they must have a really good eye for watching, you know, all of the content that they've made, and then just picking the lines that serve the scene or serve the work, mm. which is actually a huge skill that's quite hard. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's the, it's like, what's, what's the better Australian comedy? Like what's the, what's more successful or more beloved than Kath and Kim? I don't know. Or like I can't has made that. its way into the like cultural consciousness, you know? I'm sure that there would have been things that within their time. Mm were like massively successful and huge um but this is probably one of the only examples of something that's now spanned across three decades yeah and i think because like say kids who are watching this now for the first time don't necessarily realize that it's just like oh this is not that 
like visually this is what everything looked like. It's like this isn't mm. over the top. I mean, there are some things that are over the top, but the aesthetic of it and like the characters are real. Like, Yeah. So that's really funny to me. I think, oh, there's because they do end up with some more more characters mm-hmm. also played by you know the lead, leading ladies um do any of them pop up in the first season i can't remember like when do prue and trude appear they appear in season 1 mm yeah cuz i didn't get up to that cuz they yeah. like are very special three or four or something prue and trude who yeah. are working in a homeware store just for fun cuz they have wealthy husbands they are, if you, anyone who's worked in retail, because often we'll discuss, me and Cal, mm-hmm. my housemate, done a lot of homewares, that it's just like, yep, they yes, exist. Hello. A lot of that, I was also like, this yeah. is relatable though. You're just like, she's like, I helped that guy know. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's been to Kitchens Galore or whatever has mm. met that Burn person. Trude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyone who's been to Maya or David Jones mm. has met. Yes, <laughs> I used to work in ladies' shoes um, in a relatively regional mire. So, mm. yeah, it, when I wasn't just hiding in the fitting room and lying down because there was nothing to do, I was engaging with prune <laughs> fruit. <laughs> uh, it was rare that they would come looking for me um, anyway. They also, it must have been a really, really huge show at the time because of the celebrities that they pulled yeah. Onto that show. Like Jeffrey Rush, Michael Bublé. Kylie Minogue. Minogue. Sorry. Brett just... Lee, Barry Humphreys. <laughs> mm. But Kylie Minogue in particular was, that was her peak international, like London yeah. superstar mm. times. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love Kylie Minogue. We all do. Mm. Um, you're, you're not allowed yeah. to not. <laughs> mm. oh, and then like Mag- Magda, when she... Magda, Sharon, when she, like, marries a Shane Warne impersonator, played by Shane Warne, like. Yeah. And it seems like everyone who did go on it seems really, really, really happy to be there, like Kylie yeah. Minogue's having the time of her life. Yeah. How could she not have fun on mm. that set, though? So good. Eating footy franks and being a dickhead. Mm. Yeah. But Kylie Minogue in particular is a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, all right, Kylie, come do like neighbors, but it's Kath and Kim. Do the voice, yeah. please. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. I'm ready. And doesn't she play their daughter, Epony? Because it's in like a flash forward, yeah, to um, yeah. Epony Renee's wedding. Um, Kim so and the Brett's fact daughter. That, like, not only did you get Kylie Minogue on the show, but you convinced her to play. The Bogan daughter, like that's mm. a pretty, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty big ask for someone of that international celebrity at the mm. time. You know, like it wasn't just like I'll make an appearance as Kylie Minogue, say some lines and walk off. Mm. It's <laughs> like, no. And and the rates that you would have to pay Kylie Minogue to do something like that, which they definitely wouldn't have paid. Like Kylie would have, you know, cut a sweet yeah. deal with them mm. because she would have just been like, oh Wanted yeah, to you do know. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. that's And she's deal. funny. She's funny. Yeah. She did well. Um yeah. queer icon, Kylie Minogue. A lot of queer icons on this. Yeah. Should we talk about that a bit? I think so. 
I think so. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I think of Kylie Minogue being a queer icon, I think of a recent conversation I had with my dad where I was talking about, um, so Annabelle Crabbe and Lee Sales have a podcast on the same network as us called Chat 10 Looks 3, and I was looking at, I was talking, my, a much more wildly successful podcast yeah. they are, like, <laughs> you know. Um, Mm. we might get there one day with your support listeners. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they, Uh, I I was telling him about something they were talking about anyway. And I mm. threw away like, God, I love Lee sales. Like, God, she's excellent. And dad was like, what is it with the Lee sales thing? Is is she, is she a queer icon? Like, is she the new Kylie? (gasps) (gasps) And I was like, dad, what are you talking about? Like. Lee Sales is just an accomplished journalist and writer. But Annabelle Crabb uh, was on the ABC Pride float that year, so hmm. I will argue that she was maybe I, a queer icon. I mean, because there, there's no new <laughs> Kylie Minogue because Kylie is still Kylie. And But, no, I, I, I think there's some truth to that, Maddie. Like My dad's theory that Lee Sales is Lee the Sales Kylie is a, Minogue. No, that she's a, a queer icon. Even I, though think, I don't know anything about her personal life, but she is. there's something about – you know, a powerful, powerful woman who, yeah. you know, <clears throat> tells people off very professionally. I don't know. It's something about Lee Sales does say to me. Oh, yeah. She's got icon. BDE, like for sure. Mm. Um, but I just love that my dad the truly like yeah. wholeheartedly was like, is he, is she like... <laughs> Anyway, so speaking of queer icons and Kath and Kim, mm. obviously Magda is the big one. Um, and at the time she wasn't out. It was kind of like a bit of an industry rumour mm. that she was queer, but she wasn't out publicly. And I still remember when she came out and it was such a big deal mm. because Kath and Kim is a show that reached the broad spectrum of societies in mm. Australia. And so for someone like, and Magda had obviously been, you know, was already quite infamous, you know, she'd been in Babe and like other things. And was she in Crocodile Dundee? Oh, I don't know. She could have been. She yeah. have been young, like, but yeah. should fact, fact check But she's that. young in Babe. She she's too young to be playing Mrs. Hogg. She is. She, she, she really, she's... she played up big time. Yeah. Um, Amazing character. So she was quite yeah. well, she's quite a well-known, you mm. know, and so w- when she came out it was a really, really big deal. Um, and also the fact that she was not, you know, she was someone who was middle-aged and coming out I think resonated with a lot of people who were middle-aged or like mm. in the boomer era because it was like yeah. oh this isn't just like a young person who's going through a phase quote unquote it was like mm. someone who was like this is my lived experience yeah and then she you know was the face of the yes campaign along with Sally Rugg and Penny Wong and you know mm. other amazing um women and other you know queer people Ian Thorpe like it's yeah it was around that time where Thorpe and Magda kind of both mm. came out and that was a huge deal for Australia and then we got the yes vote so you can't kind of yeah watch this now in 2021 without thinking about her impact in that Mm. space yeah Um, and she continues to do great work in that space as well as other spaces but I also just want to throw out there Mm. that I think that Kel Knight is a queer feminist icon (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. No, well, even rewatching just like the first two episodes, I was like, oh, wow, I forgot. I forgot about yeah. Kel. Yeah. And it's really lovely that he plays the progressive, like, feminist character against um, Kath's kind of, she's not actually conservative, but some of mm. those more traditional values around her marriage and stuff like that. And they have conversations yeah. about that where he's actually like, well, I'm sorry for being too progressive. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, I don't want you to follow my command. Like, I don't want mm. you to do that. And they talk about their vows. and Yeah. Because um, is he Kel Day-Night? Does he take her last name too or is she just Kath Day-Night? Yeah. I can't I th- remember. I think that does potentially happen. I didn't get up to that episode, mm. I'm afraid, in this rewatch. but. Yeah, just seeing a positive male um, role model who's also mm. like very briefly is like, yeah, I, I slept with men. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just so great. matter of fact about it. It's, yeah, really yeah. great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's such and a, a champion that... of Kath, you know. Yeah, totally. Everything totally. really cool. Yeah, and the way that that episode ends when, you know, he's like, um, he basically says, like, oh, yeah, I'm bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> so that he comes back, you know, to quote-unquote prove that he's a man to her, mm. which in some ways that terminology is maybe slightly dated. Mm. But still the sentiment of the idea is that he's like, no, yeah. it, like doesn't change anything. Mm. Like, so he I'm comes back in give, like leather yeah, pants leather. with his perm. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And then they say something like I'm a huge fan of, was it Barbara Chris, Streisand? Chris Christopherson in A Star is Born. And you know they both yeah. love Barbara Streisand, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a very just... it's a very gay moment for the pair of them. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If more yeah. heterosexual marriages had a few gay moments, then um, maybe the patriarchy would be slightly more dismantled. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, that's my idea. Mm. But, but no, yeah. it's he is a like a really. I think because it is so, like everything is so large. Their outfits are so ridiculous kel is like a gentle character like his like progressiveness did kind of fly under the radar at the time like it's not like there was mm. any kel night backlash from mm. the masses yeah yeah you know? no he hasn't been cancelled and i i think it's again it's reflective of the writers you know like they they're clearly you know left-leaning mm. theater makers and comedians and skit show you know people like not conservative writers that have made a satirical comedy that punches down it's something that's yeah just wholesome mm. and authentic yeah so and it's like these characters are funny like the the character they are funny like they're not them in and of themselves are funny they're not making fun of yeah we're laughing with them not at yeah. them most of the time mm. yeah <laughs> every now and then but when <laughs> yeah. sometimes you're meant to be laughing at them and that's nice too exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah. Um, and we'll even like Sharon, like in that episode, the big reason that Kath thinks that Kim is gay is because she's gone to play golf with Sharon in like the outfits yeah. and Sharon's like, oh yeah, just the girls like Katie, Ellen, Marie, Martina. Yeah. Katie Lang. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things that throws her out as well. And it's like Sharon does read queer, although she's very confident with the man and she pulls. She is. Sharon, yeah. Sharon can get it demonstrably. She really does. I actually yeah. really like that. Is that mm. like Sharon scores the most? <laughs> yeah. Other than Kath um, in yeah. her marriage, but like Obviously. Sharon pulls the most with the men in the show. I think that's really lovely. Yeah. Like, like she actually like, has. Yeah. Her personality uh, like shines through and mm. it's actually a really positive example. 
Yeah, talking oh. to all the boys in the bar about cricket. Yeah. Um, in like, and not in the like, she's not like other boys, girls. <laughs> not like other boys, not like other girls thing. <laughs> it's like, no, she's very genuinely loves yeah. indoor cricket. Yeah. And so she um, should. Mm. Yeah. Icon. What else? Who, should, who haven't we talked about? Um, Brett, we haven't talked about. Um, oh, Brett. Peter Rosethorn. He's so. Poor Brady. So great. Um, and I think yeah. there was, I, it might have been that same article, like talking to him and it, like an interview with kind of him saying like, oh, he wasn't sure if they, you know, were going to go for someone good looking. Like he thought he wasn't going to get it. Like, oh. You know, <laughs> it's like if they wanted to go oh. that way and then it's just like cool that. You know, because they'd all worked together before, I think. And he's yeah. so funny. And because obviously, like, him and, like, Brett and Kim are meant to be, like, 25. I think yeah, that's part of hilarious. why it works. It's because they're just, like, all the same age. They're all older. Yeah. They're just doing these yeah. characters. And I think it would be less funny if they were the age that they're meant to be. Like, if it was, if they were 25-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. And that's, again, like, it may be an incidental situation in this instance, but it's another golden rule of satire where it's like if it's like how Taiko Taiko Waititi played Hitler mm. in Jojo Rabbit. It's like yeah. he can do it because he's a Polynesian Jew. Mm. Whereas yeah. like <laughs> if, you, if you got like a white man with European heritage, you'd mm. be like, oh, God, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, do this. Um, mm. And this is definitely like a lesser version of that, but it's almost like, yeah, because you're actually a bit older than the age you're portraying you can kind of lean a bit hard and we could go, oh, fuck, that's kind of fucked up, but I'm going to laugh at it. Yeah, um, rather than like, oh, that's yeah. a bit sad, that young man. Um, yeah. Well, that's not I right. Think the other comparison is maybe Shit's Creek with the siblings in Shit's Creek. Mm. And they do actually play their age, but they're really infantilized because of their yeah. upbringing. And so they're playing their age, but their experiences are that of 20-something-year-olds. And so, again, mm. it's like you can laugh at a lot of the stuff Alexis confesses to because you're like yeah. oh no that was actually like a 28 year old dealing with something mm. that like most 18 year olds would deal with and yeah yeah or like where Brett is like Kim I need you I don't know how to use the dishwasher or whatever the washing machine and um Kim's just like yeah. well, I don't know how to when, use it either Brett <laughs> no no he's like the voicemail where he's like I really need to talk to you Kim Kim I really I really need to talk to you when's midnight <laughs> You're like, oh god, yeah, uh, Brady. Yeah. They're just babies, but yeah, mm. poor Brady. And it's very rare that I feel sorry for the like the straight white man who's yeah. been left by his wife. But in mm. this instance, I'm like, oh, I feel sorry for you because <laughs> she's oh. an asshole. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's actually all his outfits. Watching it now, it's like Brett's quite fashionable now. He wasn't, wouldn't have been mm. at the time. No, no. But that's the fashion. But the sloppy Joe and the baggy jeans have made her come back. Yeah, and like the ugly sneakers that also Kel and Kath wear as well, but Brett as well. Like they're back. Are we both currently dressed like Brett? I'm still in my pajamas. So it, but yes, it is track pants and a <laughs> and a baggy jumper, and I will change into a different jumper. Yes, and my high waisted pants, which I will tuck the jumper into. I'm somewhere between Kath Day Night and Brett. You are. Yeah, you are, you are the intersection of the Venn diagram that mm. is Kath and Brittany. Kath and Brett. Well, there we go. That's that checks a realization out. Realization you've had. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <While> recording. 
for everyone that can't see Jess's face, she definitely mm. just like went into the void a mm. little bit. Her eyes were like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I've realised something about myself. Yeah, I think oh. it's a compliment. Mm, I think so. I'm going to take it as such. Um, Marion, the marriage celebrant. Can we just quickly divert to yes, Marion? Because um, she's odd and specific but also, yes. I've met her. Mm. And yeah. all the scenes with Kath and Keller Marion are really great. Yeah. As someone who grew up near Montville and Mullaney, which is like crystals and cuckoo clocks and like hippies in the bush. Yeah, there's literally a, a shop that I've sells met. cuckoo clocks. Mm, the I've, cuckoo I've been in there. clock shop. It's mm-hmm. wild. It was on The Amazing Race Australia, if you watched that recently. Um, <laughs> I've met many a Marion. Mm. Just like the breathy thing and she's just like not actually mm. qualified. No. <laughs> um, yes, I think my mum attracts many Marians because of my mum's slightly pixie energy. Slightly woo-woo energy. Yeah, they come into her bookshop and they ask mm. for aromatherapy books. Mm. Um, That's a true story that happened once and my mum was like, I don't know what you're saying. And then three <laughs> days later... She was like, aromatherapy. She just yelled that in our house. This is when I was a kid. And I was like, what is happening? And mum was like, this woman came in three days ago. Like so many stories like that with breathy, weird crystal ladies Mm. coming in. Like either asking for weird books or Mm. being like, will you sell my self-published title, The Woman and the Dolphin, (laughs) an exploration in sensuality? You know, like. That's so good. Yeah, so I can confirm that mm. they're out there. Yeah, she's quite special. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's just a thing that everyone quotes and, like, as a kid we'd quote it before we really got it. It's like you'd, you'd had the language mm. of Kath and Kim before being old enough to fully understand the language of Kath and yeah, Kim. Yeah, it's like how quotes from The Simpsons have entered our vocab and we don't even know it, like quotes from the mm. show because our parents and our teachers and whoever yeah. can quote it, we would well, kind see, of pick up on them. And yeah. I'm more aware of because I we didn't have Channel 10 and I didn't watch The Simpsons. But no. then there's a large, many people of our generation watched it every night forever. So I know that I know quotes that are from The Simpsons. Yes, same. Just we from, weren't allowed to watch it either. Hmm. We were allowed to watch South Park, South Park, but they didn't want us to watch. Oh. Yeah, I mean, but we we had SBS. We didn't have Channel 10, but I think that they thought South Park was more intelligent. Were your parents like it's on SBS and therefore it must be smart? <laughs> um, well, I think, I don't know, I'd have to, I'll have to check that with them. I think maybe they just thought it was funny too. They were watching it for themselves, really. Mm. Mm. Um, but, we, yeah, we, we weren't allowed to watch 10. The Simpsons till we were 10 and on my 10th birthday you know that I watched The Simpsons and mm. my dad was like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to, you created this rule. Like yeah. I'm going to watch now The you Simpsons. Want, yeah, it could just be When you tell a kid on. you can't do this thing till this age, as mm. soon as you hit that age, that kid's going to be like, fuck yes. Mm. Um, but I still remember him being like, just because you can doesn't yeah. mean you should. <laughs> and I think a similar thing happened with Kath and Kim, which is why we watched it. In my sister's bedroom. Your parents watch it now, though? They, they're on board? No, they're not. But my my dad's British, and so a lot oh, okay. of it doesn't translate mm. for him. 
And my mum, I think, is actually too close to the source material. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a deep denial of that. Um, Yeah, Mm. because a lot of, like I see a lot of my auntie Sue, Mm. who I love dearly, we're very close, um, in the pronunciations of things. That's so good. I feel like Kath is the chaotic good version of my auntie Sue. Mm. That's great. Yeah, who's like neutral good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> For those Dungeons and Dragons yeah. listeners who understand that reference. Um, uh, yeah, I've definitely yeah. watched this with my mum. Uh, I think we must, I wonder if she has the DVDs. I think we, I feel like there were DVDs of Kath and Kim in my life. Um, yeah, no, we were a British like Vicar of Dibley and Doc Martin, like those things, family. Mm, so. Yeah, we watched yeah. Vicar of Dibley as well, I think because of how. Oh, the mole cars are cousins, but also like mum. Because your mum is. Loves Dawn French. <laughs> is Dawn French. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there are some similarities. There's a very similar energy. And Dawn French. Yep. yep. Um, love them both. So We digress. We yeah, digress. we do digress. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that's been a good. Did you have any other points to cover? Oh, amazing theme song, The Joker, sung mm, by Gina Riley. The Joker. Yeah. Yeah. She can really sing. Um, all right. Well, Maddie, what's your favourite moment from Kath and Kim? I somewhat referenced it clunkily before, but my favourite, the moment that I laughed out loud the most from memory when I first ever saw it was the, um, we'll have your cardinet, you pack a chance. <laughs> <laughs> it just got me. So good. And I just thought it was bold. I was like, mm. this is bold television. Like it you're is basically bold. dropping the C bomb without dropping it. Mm. And you're still getting that PG rating. Good yeah. work. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That is good. Um oh, I don't know. I think a lot of the a lot of them are just Sharon. I love Sharon. Oh yeah. I think she's yeah. amazing. The whole quote, develop an interest in sport. Like straight out the bat, first episode. You know everything yeah. you need to know about Sharon. She's amazing. Um, I also like the one where they go Irish dancing. Oh, That's yeah. Iconic. Spectacular. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's – that always makes me wheeze. Yeah. Just like the statue of baby cheeses instead of baby cheeses. <laughs> that's a good one. It's all like baby uh, bell cheese. Yeah. The queer literature speed reading is my other one. Mm. Cry every time. That's good. Yeah. And she's read more, read more queer content than I have, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm a queer writer, so mm. that's saying a lot. <laughs> and all just the little like patio chats at the end just on their little plastic furniture—they're always great. Yeah. On that note, to Kath and Kim. Indeed, to Kath and Kim. I feel like we've reached the patio chat um, segment. We have of this we episode. Have. My show at the Sydney Comedy Festival is this weekend, 1st and 2nd of May. Please come. Tickets definitely available. Would love to see you. And listen to next week's episode of The Pod because I'm going to be doing Leadership Spills of Australia from the Rudd right through to the Morrison era. Yeah, it's going to be a backstabbing, backroom dealing, faction infighting time. Cooked. All right, cool. Yeah, our our democracy is cooked. (laughs) Honestly. 
Ah, uh, I look forward to it because Maddie always knows so much more than than me. So it'll, I'll be, I'll th- get my popcorn and eat it quietly. I spend too much time reading about these things, but that is okay. Mm, that's great. That's what we yeah. do. Um, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Australianorama or chuck us an email um, at like Australianorama at Gmail. And I just noticed we got an email from someone telling us that the Stafford City Skate Centre is being taken over by like a big gym. And he's like, did you jinx <gasps> it? And oh, no. thank you so much for your email. This is devastating news. <laughs> really upsetting yeah we'll we'll reply to that email too um yeah after you've had a good cry (laughs) yeah anyway um thanks for listening um see you and on that sad note (laughs) goodbye